You're listening to the Library Pros Podcast with Chris and Bob, a techie librarian and a computer IT guy discussing libraries, technology, and all things this side of the reference desk. Thanks, Carl. Well, hi, and welcome to episode 14. Can you believe we made 14 episodes of the Library Pros Podcast? I'm Chris. And my buddy Bob is homesick with laryngitis, bronchitis, and a whole bunch of other itises. He would have been here, but it would have sounded like Batman uh, behind the mic. So he opted not to come today. But today we are coming to you from our home at the Sagem Public Library in Holbrook, New York. Again, if this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The Library Pros Podcast is produced bi-monthly, so don't forget to check us out and subscribe to our RSS feed, iTunes, Android, Google Play, and any other place you grab a podcast. Links and notes from today's podcast can be found on our website, www.thelibrarypros.com, on Twitter at, at @thelibrarypros, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thelibrarypros. Today joining us is Christina Holzweiss. Holzweiss, right? Yep, that's okay, good. Okay, good. I didn't mess it up. I usually mess up the guests. <laughs> Everyone does. <laughs> Christina is a school media librarian at the Bayshore Middle School, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, and that's here on Long Island in Suffolk County. Now, I know we have people who listen from in other parts of the country, and we're pretty lucky, some, some other places in the world. So, yes, Long Island, Long Island, New York. We're just east of New York City. Uh, she was voted the school, me- school library journal uh, – see, I messed up. <laughs> she was voted by the school library journal as the school librarian of the year in 2015. Now, that's cool. Yes, it was. So welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so we're going to speak with Christina today about how she has integrated STEM and STEAM into her curriculum, uh, the tools that she uses uh, to make it a reality, her blog, Bunhead with Duct Tape, which I think is awesome, (laughs) because if anybody knows anything about me, it's all about the duct tape and the glue, Um, and her involvement as president of Long Island Leeds, and a not-for-profit organization that promotes STEAM, and the Slime Expo. So, wow, you're a busy person, huh? Uh, Yeah, I'm very busy. (laughs) And before we talk about all of that great stuff that Christina is involved with, we want to talk about how she began her journey into the world of libraries. We're always finding out interesting things when we speak to our guests about their history because we find out, although we are in the same profession, we come to it from different backgrounds. So, where did you receive your master's degree? Um, when I received my bachelor's degree for school library media specialist at uh, CW Post. Yay, another posting. Yes. <laughs> but that's not my first master's. Oh, you're one of them. I wanted You're a them. smarty pants. <laughs> um, I was an English teacher. I had a mas- have a master's in English. And wow. yeah, I started as an English teacher. Um, I think I was always supposed to be a librarian, and I didn't realize it. When I was in high school, I said, what do I want to be when I grow up? I said, I want to be Indiana Jones. I want to be an archaeologist. <laughs> but I'm not really good in science. But now looking back on it, library is like archaeology. You're always discovering something new. And you're looking for information. And I didn't realize my love for libraries started with the bookmobile coming across the street to my grandparents' house and bringing those books every couple of weeks. And that really was exciting. And the library was across from my middle school. And when I went to when I was a kid there, I would go to the library all the time. So I didn't really realize that I always was a librarian. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a librarian in disguise. So I was an English teacher 
for seventh graders for nine years. Mm-hmm. And the New York State tests were coming. Oh, God. And I saw down the road that um, it was eighth grade was taking them. And then I said, I don't know if this is going to be fun anymore. Um, I taught at the school where I went to as a kid. So the teachers that I taught with were teachers I either had or I knew mm-hmm. when I went to school there. Yeah. So when our math teacher on the team, Henry Euler, when he retired, I said, could I teach that long? And I said, yeah, I, I could teach that long. But could I test kids that long? No. Yeah. So I went back to school for technology, a certificate, and then I had that. But that was how many years ago? And we didn't have a lot of technology. I was teaching how to use EasyBib on screenshots on my laptop because we had no Wi-Fi. Oh, wow. So I would get, And I had no projector. So I would gather kids around my desk and show them how to use the citation. But... They, you know, I said, well, when you go home and dial up on AOL, oh, God. this is how you'll do it. With your 14.4 modem or your 56K yeah, modem. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's like, so, and then I went back to the library school, um, and I've been librarian for 13 years. That's great. So, yeah, I think I was always a librarian, a libra- excuse me, a librarian in disguise. But when you're I an like English that. teacher, you know, you're, you're, you're. My love of reading was always there, mm-hmm. but I wanted to use technology. I wanted to lead, but I knew I was not going to be an administrator. That was just not for me. I wanted to help faculty. I wanted to help students. I wanted to help beyond my classroom. Mm-hmm. And in the library, I can do that. I can reach out to other teachers um, in different subject areas, grade levels, and meet all kinds of kids all day long. Well, you just blew through two more questions right out of the water <laughs> for me because we were going to talk about how long you were in the profession, which you said 13 years. And um, your inspiration for becoming a school media specialist, you spelled it right out because a lot of people, and it, this is true for public as well, they forget. Sometimes people get lost in the journey mm-hmm. and they don't realize it's about the patron or in your case about the student. And it's not about it's not always about oh, well, now I have to become a librarian too, a librarian three, I'm going to become an administrator. No, you're, you're here to serve the patrons or the students of the community that you're working in. And sometimes people lose sight of that. And it's good to hear that you haven't lost sight of that. I mean, I've always wanted to, you know, to teach. Mm-hmm. And so with being an English teacher and a librarian, that's been about 22 years under my belt. Always middle school. Always middle school. Always middle school. You never started, you're not to start in elementary. Never. <laughs> um, I've taught like evening high school, I've taught GED, I've taught, you know, clubs and things like that, but elementary school kids scare me. <laughs> They're little. And, <laughs> and I, I, and the high school kids, they, you know, bigger kids, bigger problems. I feel like middle school kids, they really need libraries more than, you know, if they need an elementary, they need in a high school, but. Middle school kids need a safe place to be because they don't even know where, who they are and what they're doing. And, you know, they, they need to know that there's a, a, a place for them that, you know, nurtures. I mean, we just went on a tour of your beautiful library here and I saw your a destination. Yes. And um, just, just seeing the students have an awesome time and have a place to be. That's really hard to do, you know, these days. And I think libraries have always been that way. Um, I remember during Hurricane Sandy, 
you know, my husband was working nonstop and I had two little kids at home. You know, he was working for a utility company mm-hmm. and I hardly saw him because he was out there taking care of people. And who was there? Who was open? The local the library. library. The library was there to take care of people, to offer internet services, to offer just using the facilities, a restroom. People yeah. didn't have anything in their houses. Yeah, that's the right. library was there. Mm-hmm. It was almost like the Red Cross for your mind. Yeah, definitely. And, and the concept of libraries now, people think library, and this is going to sound not maybe crazy, but they still think it's the old lady behind the desk, glasses on a chain, hair in the bun with a pencil stuck in it, and shushing everybody and kicking everybody out. You can't drink in here. You can't eat in here. That was you can't my talk librarian. In here. You can't do that. This. Was you can't do that was my middle school librarian. It was the, the culture of no, which is something Bob loves to talk about if he was here, except you know, he's too busy being <laughs> Batman at home. Uh, you know, it's the culture of no. And the culture of no has to go away. You know, libraries are evolving and changing with society. First of all, we, as li- in a public library sense, we had to evolve. People are still reading, but now people are walking around and, you know, staring at their phones and, you know, in, engaged more with technology than they ever have been before. And now libraries have, I think, adapted to the point mm-hmm. where you almost have to call it library and technology center or library and electronic resources center or library and community center. Because as much as the books are still a very big part of what we do, technology is really starting to creep up and be 30, 40% of what we do maybe 50% of what we do. And that's because we're changing as society changes. And that's a really big concept that people who don't come to libraries don't understand. You know, and, and when you talk in terms of funding, uh, unfortunately, large majorities of communities don't take advantage of the library. And it, it really is in, in, important for us to get the word out to those that don't come in that they should come in because we're doing all these new, neat, and exciting things. And the same thing is probably happening in schools, right? right? right. Well, you know, I do want to go back to what I said about the middle school kids needing librarians more. Sure. I just mean that because emotionally. But right now in New York State, elementary school librarians are not not, uh, required for schools. Right. Elementary school librarians are not required they're not state mandated. That means high schools and middle school libraries have state mandates that they follow for school librarians. Elementary schools do not. So if you're lucky to be in a district that has a school librarian in your elementary school, you should be very thankful. And that's where it begins. That's where the love of reading and that's where the community begins down in elementary schools. And I think that's a, a disservice that we have here a library is not just a room. It's not an archive. It's not the resources. It's the librarian and the patrons and the relationships that you build with those people that really keep them coming back. Absolutely. So, you know, in this day and age, you know, we do a lot of different things, but it's the people that really are the driving force behind libraries. Absolutely. Um, so I have to ask you a couple of questions about your district. How large is the, large is the district that you serve? Um, well, my school is 1,400 kids. Okay. Um, and we have a high school and we have a number of elementary schools. 
So some elementary schools will be smaller than others. Um, the high school, I believe the high school has about 1,900, 2,000 kids. We, we are 6th and 7th and 8th grade. Okay. Then ninth through 12th. Okay, so you have a middle school, not a junior high school. Right. 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 Middle school is six, seven, and eight, and then the high school is nine through twelve, and then we have some schools that are um, K through two, and some that are three through five. Okay. They break; they're broken up that way. Um, so it's not one of the largest on Long Island, but it's certainly not one of the smallest. I would say you're at the average size. Right. Uh, so, how many students do you usually teach if you're teaching a lesson? That could change any day, any period, any week. Um, <laughs> next month, actually, no, no, this month right now is going to be um, very, very busy with classrooms, com- uh, classes coming in. We have a required social research paper. So I will be nonstop teaching citation research, um, how to, uh, you know, paraphrase, how to use the Google Docs, all those things. And that's right now. Um, other times we have classes coming in and then sometimes it's just a kid's coming from study hall and lunch. So it could change, you know, it's like, um, tax season, you know, you have feast or famine. It's like the, <laughs> you know, like the roller coaster. It's like, okay, this is the end of the quarter. Teachers are coming in. Oh yeah. Uh, independent reading. Oh, here's another project. So it, it has its, you know, it's quiet times and it has its more, uh, dynamic times. Um, and like I said, in one day it could change. You know, first period, um, I have lots of sixth graders come in. Um, eighth period is very busy too. Six, one, four, six, and eight are pretty busy. Um, ninth period, I had a class today, and we had about thirty kids. The other day, I had two classes come in. One was in the reference area, and one was in the makerspace. Some days, it's kids coming in during their lunch. So it's much like middle school is much like a public library. Mm-hmm. Where you see, oh, there's a program tonight, lots of people coming in. <laughs> or, oh, it's snowing outside, people staying home. <laughs> so it's much <laughs> yeah. like that. It's not um, uh, a special, like an elementary school where it, the kids come all the time. Do you still have study hall in libraries? Yes. Yeah, we, well, they're not, um, they have study halls, and then the kids come from passes, so they can come to the library during their study hall. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not a designated study hall. Right. Kids come from different study halls to come to our library. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about um, being voted the school librarian of the year. But I just want to find out how did that happen. Tell tell me what happened with that. Well, just briefly, because we'll get we'll, we'll get into the nuts and bolts in the next segment. Um, I saw it was advertised through our local BOCES. A link went out and it said, you know, the school library journal is looking for school librarian of the year. Um, you can nominate yourself. I said. All right. I'll th- I, again, bunhead with duct tape. I throw things, and if they stick on the wall, they stick. And if they don't stick, <laughs> whatever. I'll just clean up the mess. Sure. I always throw my name in a hat. Not everything happens. Sometimes it does. This one happened. Uh, I nominated myself. I was showing what we were doing in our library, and we were starting the makerspace, and we started our slime, our maker expo, and I guess they like what they read. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, librarians need to advocate for themselves. Yes, and there are ways that we can do that through social media, through just even a note home with a child. Um, there are so many things that we can do. But librarians, by nature, we help, and we don't always we don't always advocate for ourselves. And I think that's a disservice to what we do because 
yes, we, we need to collaborate and we need to work with others and we need to do all those wonderful things, but we need to all show librarians are important. Absolutely. I'm not a bunhead. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I mean, when I, when I got, um, when I got my master's and my friends, you know, in my school threw a little like you know like a pizza party for me and a friend of mine gave me and I know it was a joke she gave me reading glasses and she gave me a crosser puzzle book <laughs> and you know it was a stereotypical librarian thing mm, and I, sure. you know, we laughed about it but um, I remember telling people I was, I was going to be a librarian and 13 years ago it was you're going from the classroom to be a librarian and I will tell you for a number of years, people would say to me, what do you do for a living? And I would say, I'm a librarian, but I used to be an English teacher. Really quick, right after that. And my I husband, know exactly what you mean. Right? I, but I used to, like, I, I, I play now, but I used to have a real job. You know, that's what yeah. I, it seemed like. I was, like, trying to, like, justify myself. And my husband said, why are you doing that? And I said, you know, I never thought about it. I just was impulse, and I guess it's that... That what the perception people think of librarians are. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent because I did the same thing. I used to my previous life I worked in the court system, so I said, "Yeah, I'm a librarian." But I used to work in the courts. I used to work for a judge in, in <laughs> Supreme Court, and because I thought in one way, shape, or form that was more interesting. Right. Right. But as you continue down your career path, you realize, wait a minute, this is infinitely more interesting. Mm-hmm. And again, it has to for me. I think it, we almost have to reinvent the title. Yes. Because, you know, you think librarian and, you know, there's always the stereotype. In fact, right. if you've watched that show, and my wife, if she listens to this, she's going to laugh because I, I ranted about this. If you ever watched the show, This is About Us or This Is Us. I heard about it, but I haven't. It's a great show. It's a wonderful show. But one of the characters who's he's a little vain. He disparaged Long Island and librarians in the same episode, so I hate oh, him now. I have to watch that. Because <laughs> he was talking about picking between these two women. One was like the very sexy girl, and the other girl was like the safe girl. You know, she's like a librarian. <laughs> and I nearly lost my mind. Well, if you Google librarian on, on the internet, you won't always find that quiet yeah, librarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I think it was that and saying, and directing it to that same character. Oh, you're from Long Island. We all hate people from Long Island. And he had no idea what Long Island was about. Right. So, and he even admitted it in the next line. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of that guy. But, you know, we almost have to reinvent the title. I don't want to say we need to get rid of the name and change it to something else. But it, I don't know that the public's perception of mm-hmm. what a, I'm, I'm doing air quotes, librarian is... Versus what we really do, there's a misconception about what we do now versus what we did then. Now, don't get me wrong. We still mm-hmm. do the librarian-y kind of things, you know, collection development, weeding, you know, ordering books, you know, helping people put things on hold. We still do all the core stuff. It's just that we have kind of expanded what we do now. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. I'm really glad that we're having this conversation because it's not – all the time you get public librarians and school librarians together at the same table. We have the same problems. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm a school library media specialist. That's the New York State title. Right. Um, in Australia, it's teacher librarian. 
That's interesting. It's teacher librarian. And there are some people who have, you know, who are decide. you know, are you a school librarian? Are you a library media specialist? Are you a teacher librarian? It doesn't matter to me what title it is for me. I like school library media specialist because it has the media in it, so it's got a little bit of everything. Um, am I a teacher? Well, yeah, I'm in the school. But, you know, people are like, oh, you're in the same contract? Yes, I'm a certified It's almost th- as though it's you're, like, you're a second-class citizen. Yeah, right. It's yeah. like, I, I am part of you. I'm part of your contract. And it's funny because when you say, I mean, just because of when we, we were probably about the same age, when you think about when the librarian in high school when we were kids, you know, it was the guy who had the TV that was bungee corded to the, the <laughs> cart with the VCR underneath it. And that was where the media specialist came from because you had control over the VCR. Okay, I'm laughing because I was part of my AV squad when I was in high school. That's <laughs> so funny. So I'm the one who pushed You're one the, of the cart nerds? <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> I'm the one who pushed the cart down the hallway. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> so see, I was a librarian. Yeah, you, your whole life. <laughs> I was. Okay, so we need to take a quick break because I really want to get into the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about next. So after we come back from the break, we are going to talk about some of your projects, uh, the Slime Expo and STEAM and STEM and all the things that you you have your hands dirty in. So we'll be back in just a moment. And when we come back, we're going to talk about all that stuff. Okay, welcome back. Did you go anywhere and get something to eat? I hope <laughs> did you go read a book? <laughs> what did you do when we were gone? I always, I always say, hmm, what do people do during the break? So we are back with the School Library Journal School Librarian of the Year for 2015 and School Media Specialist at the Bayshore Brightwaters. Middle- just Bayshore Middle School. Bayshore Middle, Middle School. School. Okay, sorry. We, are, we have uh, children from Brightwaters, Bayshore, and Fire Island. Fire Island. Yeah. They're the ones that get picked up on the little, the, the, the yeah. smaller buses with the four-wheel drive? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so we're back with Christina. And let's start getting into some of the cool stuff that you got into because <laughs> so, some stuff is very cool. And um, I'm going to get involved with some of it as well because it is neat. So you have a passion for steam. For, and for all those who don't know what steam is, it's more than just evaporated water. Um, it means science, technology, engineering, Arts and mathematics. I know the script says and. I know I figured that out. <laughs> I was out. like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, he screwed up. Um, so it's about making and other tech-related initiatives. So how did this idea develop? And how long did it take to develop at work? You know, and what was it called before it was STEAM and STEM? Was it just kind of like, let's just do stuff? You know, that's interesting. I don't know where STEAM and STEM really came from. I know STEM has been around 
quite quite some time. Yeah. And there are some of us who want to really make it stream. So R is for research. Oh. But if we keep making these acronyms, it's like people won't know what we're talking about. Stream. Stream, S-T-R-E-A. yeah. S-T-R-E-A. Yeah, you can use it for research or resources. Yeah, but that's part of what we do too. Exactly. Especially but, in, a, in a school environment. Yep. But problem is some people don't even know what STEAM is. People don't know what STREAM is. But they know what STEM is. Right. And if you say science technology, they're already like, okay, we get it. Right. We have a handle on that. Mm-hmm. So how did it start? Well, I started seeing, you know, makerspaces come up. You know, it's a trend right now. Mm-hmm. And it was about three years ago that I, I asked my principal, I'm like, can I start a makerspace? And she's you know, I come up with some ideas and she... And the first thing she's thinking is how much money does she want to spend? <laughs> that and it's different than the traditional library absolutely so i didn't start i didn't start off well you know i came in with you know yogurt containers and cardboard and boxes of stuff and i said here make kids were like what are you talking about they had no you know creativity they didn't know they wanted to know what i wanted them to make yes and I thought that they would naturally just make, you know? <laughs> right. That, you know. I see something. I see a pirate ship in this. So I'm going to make a pirate yeah, ship. No, it, what do you want us to make? What's the assignment? Right. So it didn't, you know, I didn't realize what they needed mm-hmm. and they didn't realize what I was expecting. So I would say it was a kind of a rocky start at the beginning. Um, but then I started bringing, you know, reading more books and, and learning more about it. And then I started getting some. F- Funding through grants and through uh, another grant called um, place called Donors Choose, where you basically can crowdsource materials for your library. Mm-hmm. And I was beginning to build the makerspace. Um, my my feeling was that money that was given in the budget that was taxpayer money would mm-hmm. always go to books, right? Because that's, I felt like that's what they had voted on. They didn't vote on, you know, my idea that I wanted a little robot. They voted on the fact that this is your budget to purchase books. So I kept true to that. Mm-hmm. And I figured anything else was just, you know, was something that I wanted to add and I would have to work for. Right. So that's how I felt about it. So through book fairs and donors choose and some grants, we have a lot of stuff, and I'm pretty proud of it. Like robots, a 3D printer, uh, lots of connects, Legos, anything that you can imagine. You have little bits too. I have little bits. Yep. Little bits. Yeah. Uh, snap circuits. Snap circuits. Yeah. Uh, green screen. Oh, green screen. Uh, iPads, great, isn't it? Chromebooks. Uh, in fact, uh, James Patterson helped us. We really? Had, yeah. It, James Patterson had um, a grant uh, initiative through Scholastic. And so we really needed some Chromebooks in our library. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some iPads, but we really needed it for our ESL and special ed kids, the Chromebooks, because of uh, audiobooks and the databases. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, he gave quite a few uh, librarians across the nation money for their libraries. So we're very grateful for, for, to him for that. That's great. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. And um, so, you know, we, we've, we've built it up. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I always felt like um, the, whatever the taxpayers agreed on, that should go for books. Right. That, you know, that, they don't want to take away from the book budget. Exactly. That, or reapportion or anything. Exactly. Like that. And that was not my philosophy. I wanted to add to it, and I was willing to work to do that, but I didn't want to take away from anything. Mm-hmm. So have do you rely solely on grants for your makerspace, or have you now had a 
portion of your budget for the technology? Um, so, let me, well, I do have money from like book fairs and things like that, but it's not a uh, budget. Mm-hmm. Um, the budget always goes to periodicals and like supplies that we may need, like, you know, book tape, whatever. Right. And books. Mm-hmm. That is my budget. I put it towards that. And makerspace, I, that's cherry on the top. So that's what, me working for that. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about the structure of your makerspace because I can tell by some of the things I've seen, you think outside the box a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it, you know, I, I, I guess I, it's a learning playground. I call it the laboratory. I love it. The laboratory. I'm Welcome to the down. laboratory. Um, so it's a place where kids can tinker and learn and, and use hands-on materials and, and work together. Um, there are things I would like to do in my library, um, like STEM challenges and things like that. But it just as I'm working with circulating books and helping other kids with other things, um, computers, there's a lot going on. That That is something I would like to do. And I've seen other librarians do it, but it just doesn't fit me you know, sure. and it doesn't fit, you know, the way my schedule works. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, the kids come in and I'll, uh, lately I've been putting up different stations um, and putting out different resources from uh, the back room because you always have a back room. Of course. You know, the cardboard and the duct tape's outside, but, you know, like the Ozobots, the little ones mm-hmm. that can fit nicely in a pocket, yep. you know, they, they go in the back because, and you know what, the little school kids. You know, they're, you know, they're going to test. They're going to test. And also, it's like pushing your chair, clean up yourself, you know, things like that. So I think it's good to have some boundaries. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, I will say, okay, this is Osmo, which is like a learning tool that you could use for iPad. Okay, this is an Osmo station today. Here's a donation station today. Here's a Lego station today. And then I'll rotate because almost like Christmas, opening up all the presents at once, you don't know what to use. Right. So by, you know, rotating the the presents, you know, you put something out for a few days and then rotate it out again, putting something else out, keeping it fresh. Right. So, um, but, you know, I have some classes coming in. So, you know, depending on how many kids are in the class, I'm like, hmm, what should I do today? And it's really good. I, I usually work with the sixth grade for that. They have an extra period in their, in their day called seminar. Mm. Okay. And so I can do what I like. They let me, you know, let's say, okay, what are we going to do? I'm like, I'm going to try stop motion animation like okay <laughs> so it's pretty neat so do you plan it out like weeks ahead of time days ahead of time or do you say you know what today we're going to put out this um i will i have a schedule i have a teacher sign up and then i ask them how many kids are you in your class are there any special education kids are there any esl kids mm-hmm. i need to know what kind of resources to put in their hands right um and what kind of grouping so if it's something like special ed or uh, ESL, I'll, more color-coded things, like the snap circuits over the little bits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to make sure that there are, other, there are enough English, language, uh, English speakers to help out the other uh, kids. Okay. Um, I even had one time where I had a group where I gave them the Chromebook so they could speak to the kids in their native language, in Spanish, and then they were translating back and forth. That's awesome. So, Google Translate, Google right? Google Translate. I'm like, I just put them on It's an there. amazing resource. I'm like, it's I use perfect, it so much. But, it's great. You know, so it's not really structured. I, I see STEM as being very structured, and I, I like that, but I'm a librarian. I'm not a STEM teacher. I know I like introducing kids to things and having the library that I wish I had when I was a kid, 
but I'm not a very good science teacher. <laughs> I'm not very good. Well, that kind of segues into another question that I had. And it's so. ironic, right? I love yeah. STEM, but I'm not very good at science. Well, do, do you do clubs after school? Um, I do have... Um, and a it's a science club, I'm sure. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, I do have um, a group of kids after, after school. They're my experts. So I offer them time after school to come because every period that we have different experts on duty, they could be sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. And during the day, they really don't see each other because mm-hmm. they're working different periods. So I'll have a day of the week where it's like expert time, you know, whoever's coming in. Mm-hmm. And this way, the older kids can kind of talk with the younger kids about like the 3D printing, putting things away. Like today, before I came here, I had two sixth graders who are new experts. Um, and I'm, one kid told me about Raspberry Pi. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been waiting for someone like you. <laughs> I'm like, to teach me. <laughs> yeah. To teach me. I'm like, but when he, you know, that's why I wish I was, sometimes I wish I was high school because then those things would happen. There's a different cognitive level. There. Yeah. Yeah. In middle school, I feel like I'm doing a lot of introducing, but that's okay. Um, but the high school, school media specialist will thank you. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I had kids putting the iPads away. I had one kid uh, 3D printing a case for his Raspberry Pi. And another girl helped me in the back and just clean them up. And we actually came up with a logo for our T-shirt today, too. Oh, that's cool. So <laughs> there's just a lot of things going around. So it's not really a club, per se. It's kind of time for them to kind of come together. And brainstorm, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so this next question, and you know, you can answer this any way you, you feel comfortable with. Administration buy-in is so crucial to anything that we do, you know, because the administration can either say, great, run with it, or say, let's try it, or they can say, no, we're not doing it. How's the buy-in from administration from your standpoint? My administration has been great. I come out with some really crazy ideas. Um, My principal doctor at law has, you know, like any good administrator has given me, um, you know, I'd like this bookcase here, but not here. You know, this is a little bit of a traffic area, you know, those administrative mm-hmm. things. Right. But otherwise, they've been very, they've been great. And Dr. Atla has been awesome about, okay, this is how it, you know, this is how it works. Okay. Um, I think she likes what she sees. Mm-hmm. I think she likes seeing the kids who are happy. And I think that she sees, um, a lot of different things going on. There are kids researching. There are kids reading. There are kids hands on. It's it's working, and I think as long as it's working, you know, she's happy as any administrator would be. It's working sure. absolutely. Um, but no, she's been great about being very supportive, and um, like I said, with my crazy ideas. Um, crazy I do, ideas are the best ideas. <laughs> thank you. Um, I do want to go back about the club. I sure about the club. Um, we are also part of Imagination Foundation. We mm-hmm. are a chapter of Imagination Foundation, mm-hmm. um, which is worldwide. Okay. So um, those experts also work on those projects, and sometimes I have the kids during the day work on those projects. One of the projects is Kane's Arcade. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that, the cardboard challenge. No, I don't think I have. Oh, it's awesome. It's the Global Cardboard Challenge. And Kane was a little boy who had to go to his uh, – his dad was a mechanic. And he had to go to his dad's shop all the time, and he was bored. So he took some cardboard boxes and made an arcade. 
Oh, wow. So a pinball machine, uh, uh, one of those claw grabbers out of cardboard. Out of cardboard. Cardboard. So people came and they actually played the games and gave them a little money. And there was a man who stopped by and made a documentary about that. Really? Yeah. What's the name of the documentary? Kane's Arcade. Kane with a C or a K? A C. C A I N E apostrophe S. Kane's Arcade. And so Imagination Foundation is is promotes that. So we do things as part of that club. See, we have that in our collection. Yeah, it's awesome. Kane's Arcade and uh, Imagination. Right, right now, they're doing uh, an innovation challenge with AT and T. So, at being a chapter of Imagination Foundation, they've sent supplies. They've sent Ozobots to us. They've sent uh, Makadoos, which are like uh, cardboard cutters mm-hmm. for our cardboard challenge, and they've sent us some electronics from uh, SparkFun. Mm-hmm. So, Imagination Foundation, like I said, it's some people, you know, some chapters are strictly a club, but ours kind of meshes through all the classes that we, you know, that come in and our tech sports. So we're kind of like, it's it's not as structured maybe as mm-hmm. other Imagination Foundations, but you could look that up. It's really awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to take a look at that. And That's it's worldwide. Worldwide. That worldwide. Really cool. And all kinds of teachers, not just librarians. Classroom teachers, um, nonprofits, museums, mm-hmm. all have different chapters. Now, what I'd like to see, um, and, and this is just a little administrative on my end, if you can give me the links for these things, I yes. like to put them on the website. Mm-hmm. That way, people can, you know, can learn more about it. We can give them the links, and because you know, it's nice when we supply this stuff. Because this is all new, a lot of new stuff for me too. So if we can get it out there, yep, you'll I get just, it. It's another way just to get it out there for, for the for the uh, the Ethernet, as it were. Um, so yeah, that's great. So tell me more about. Um, how you how your makerspace and how your your library has evolved since you've been there was it uh how can i put this did you just say i want a 3d printer and then you got a 3d printer and then it evolved from there or did it start with small things and it it built like to a crescendo or has it reached your crescendo yet are you still like a slow build or did this you know you, you got some extra bullet aid or you got the patterson money and then you went wow spend some money <laughs> Um, well, we, we, when, with Donut Shoes, you put up projects, mm-hmm. and that crowd, it was almost like a Kickstarter, the crowdfunded. Okay. And the projects can range from $300 to $500 to thousands of dollars. So it's kind of like, okay, what do I feel like doing now? And I'll put up a project. Um, I have a project up right now. Uh, I have one for STEM and literacy. Mm-hmm. So making kits for kids that they can borrow. So I was going to, this is a pilot program. I'm starting with my tech experts um, because I, we have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. I know they're responsible where they would take home like a Makey Makey mm-hmm. and a book about Makey Makey. So joining the literacy with the STEM, having both of them. So, but it, that, you know, I may put up a project and it might get funded. It might not get funded. I might be able to, um, I, I'm in different Facebook groups. I might, you know, um, you are a social media guru, too, by the way. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I'm not. There. I, I, I follow a lot of people, and I take a lot of advice. But thank you. But um, So we, we, it's basically crowdfunding. But I will tell you a story. Um, just recently, one of our tech experts wanted this little robot called Cosmo. Okay. Cosmo, the little guy. Yep. Very cute. Um, I said, okay. But, like, again, I, my budget is already spent. 
And right. I don't spend it on makerspace things. I buy books. I'm like, do you want that? He said, yes. I go, well, then you have to write a donor's choose project with me. And it was like, it's like $180. And then they add like some administrative fees only to cover for other donors. It's not just, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, it's their nonprofit. Right. Um, and it doesn't go to them. It goes to other um, other projects. So it's about $250. I said, you have to write it with me. Stayed after school. We wrote it together. That's great. I threw a few dollars in. Two days later, someone funded it. Wow. From my town, from Huntington. I don't even know the name. Just Kelly. No last name. Wow, that's great. And I was so surprised. Two days, literally two days later, David comes in. I'm like, um, Cosmo's coming. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it got funded two days ago. Today, we just posted two days ago. You have to see the look on his face. Oh, that's great. It was awesome. So right when I think I have what I think we need, kids are starting to come and say, how about this? How about that? We'd like to see this. And I think it really empowered him that he could ask and he could get what he needed Mm -hmm. and wanted. And then we tweeted out a picture. And now they want to do unboxing videos. (laughs) They're unboxing the next video. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> they're unboxing videos on geeks and training i love it's it it's so funny <laughs> that's awesome but it, you know i wish i had that as a kid oh yeah Are you kidding i'm like that would be so awesome i mean i was tinkering in my grandparents garage you know i would oh, play yeah. with them you know my grandmother had with an old pedal sewing machine and i love just listening to that you know and, and and just worrying it you know spinning the wheel and watch it go oh yeah and that's what i wanted and now I have that, and now my kids have that. Mm-hmm. Like that's cool. Oh yeah, wow. I, so I have to uh, before we really shift gears. I really because you're involved in so many different things. You know, in some of your other projects, you know, what inspired you to take on these these exciting projects and ideas? You know, like the blog, like the Long Island Leads, and and of course Slime. Where did where does where does it come from? Does it come from your your gut? Does it come from your heart? I'm inspired by other librarians. I see what they do on Twitter, and I see what they do on Facebook, and I want to do that. It puts it makes the light bulb turn. Yeah, on, right? I said, oh, that's a great idea. I have to do that. Or oh, I love what they do. Oh my gosh, look at that display. I I keep on. You know, I learn. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the eternal student. And I love learning from other people. That's what keeps me going. Being part of the pack and kind of going, okay, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? Oh, I like this. You know, just being connected with so many people around the world through social media. And this is a positive thing for social media. It's not just, you know, somebody who we're not going to mention tweeting all the time about how they're going to do terrible things. No, no. You know, and it's not about being the mean girl on Facebook or or any of that other stuff or, you know, pictures on Instagram. It, this is positivity and this is communicating and this is sharing. And it's, it's one thing that I try to always promote whenever I'm talking about whether it's my crazy maker, makerspace stuff or whether we're talking about technology in the technology forum that we do every month here in Suffolk County or whether we're doing something with, with the CATS group. I'm plugging. I'm sorry. I'm plugging. If Bob was here. He'd be throwing things at me. Now. I want to go to these things. <laughs> um, you know, for me, it's not about haha. We have this. You don't. 
It's, I have this. I want to see you get it too mm-hmm. because this is what we're doing. And if, even if you can't get that one particular thing, get something else and take the idea and make it yours. Mm-hmm. We, um, years ago, listen to me, I sound like an old man now. Um, I guess it was about four years ago when I was still at, at the Longwood Public Library, uh, my colleague uh, Melanie and I, Melanie Cardone, and she gets credit later for something else, but <laughs> we always give her a plug. Um, we had developed a set of iPad classes to teach patrons how to use these devices because we were doing one-on-ones and it just wasn't doing it, it justice because people weren't getting the full scope of what these devices can do. So, And it, it actually, this whole thing started with Mel and making an iPod class when iPods were still the big thing before the phone wow. came out. <laughs> And it kind of morphed, and then it morphed into an iPad class, iPhone class. Then it morphed into, wait, we can do a whole class just on settings. Then it <laughs> became the iPad overview. Then it became settings. Then it was like, wait a minute. We don't have enough time to talk about apps. Then it turned into iPhone general and iPad. Uh, then it was the settings, and then it became apps. And then we took it. I actually took it one step further with photography after I came here. So it became like a whole suite of classes. So we went to um, one of the, the, the TIFF meetings, the technology forum meetings. And I remember it got postponed because of snow. And, and we ended up going, the next meeting was in East Hampton, which for people that don't know Long Island, if you, if you know what the forks look like, it's as far east as you can go before you hit like Montauk Point in the end, and then you're in Rhode Island. Um, and, traditionally library people who live in the west end of suffolk county don't come to the eastern end for those meetings but we had a packed house Hmm. so what melanie and i did was we created google docs for everything put the links there we made bitly's put them out there but we also made copies of all the handouts and gave them to everybody who would come and said take extra copies and take them to give them to other colleagues because we wanted to share what we did it wasn't like we have this and you can't have it. It's we're doing this. You can do this too. So let's share what we have. And what's really neat is the other, some of the other libraries that were there, I still speak to some of the IT people and the technology librarians. And it's fun to see how those classes have almost like you know Darwin with mm-hmm. the birds in the different islands. The classes developed and changed and now it's completely different than this library and completely different than that library and completely different from what the original model was and you know at the time we were in ios 6 and now we're in ios 10 so that kind of changed the dynamic a little bit but the whole concept is a long-winded way of saying i like to share the stuff that we have (laughs) because if you're not sharing you're not learning and it's all about collaboration if you're not collaborating with your colleagues in other places and whether it's Public libraries, school media libraries, academic, you know, government. If you're not sharing, we're not learning. And that's just, that's my spiel on, you know, on sharing. You have to keep sharing because that's how you learn. And it's more than just going to a conference. Oh, no. Like, I think educators and librarians are natural sharers. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize, I mean, I had signed up for a Twitter account. I didn't use it much. And then our assistant principal I was talking about you know using Twitter for a book talk. It was uh, Teach Like a Pirate by Dave Burgess, which mm-hmm. is awesome. And um, we were using it on Twitter. I was like, okay. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, there's a world out here. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this was out here. I'm like, there are people 
who I want to connect with. They're people like me. I'm like, this is awesome. And yep. now I just, the Twitter, I'm just like, I love seeing, I'm like, I, very, I like Twitter because I can very quickly grab a picture, grab an idea or a link, and I'm like, I'm ready to go. But now I've seen it go back to Facebook. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of um, librarians and library groups on Facebook now. And I was like, well, what's that about? I thought we were all going to Twitter. You know, it's like, okay, we're, look this way, look that way, everyone go this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use Voxer a lot. I actually have a Makerspace Voxer group, which is like an app that you can leave text and voice. So that's pretty nice. But Facebook allows more. Twitter is a short story. Yes. Facebook is a novel. Mm-hmm. So if I want to learn more, I'll go on Facebook and I can see more pictures, more videos. And more of a description, and there's more of a, a dialogue that I can go through the very the thread, and it's easier to read. Yes, with Twitter is uh, it's not very graphical. a PSA. It's in and out, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Both serve their purpose, and I connect with some people through both ways, and some people just one way. Sure, but it's just amazing to see what's out there, and I love sharing. I love sharing what my kids are doing. My textbooks have a Twitter account. They don't know their username and password. <laughs> it's, they don't know. I'm keeping them cyber safe. Mm-hmm. But we have uh, an iPad in our library, and that is the Textbert iPad, mm-hmm. only for them to touch and for me. Not, it's not out in circulation. And those kids go out and tweet. We use Flipgrid. We, we actually take interviews. It's a great app. Uh, short interviews of kids as they're making, as they're learning anything. And um, they're tweeting out, and I'm teaching them how to use hashtags, how to connect with people, how to use it for a purpose and not just like, oh, look what I did today. Look what I had for lunch, you know? And I'm supervising them as they're tweeting. I'm looking at what they're doing. Right. I'm not just like saying, oh, here's social media, run out there. I'm showing them that this is how you connect with people, and this is how jobs are gotten and, and colleges, you know, I... I I, this is a story. When I was first hired at my middle school, I was taking, you know, going to human resources. And the woman said to me, if I Google your name, what will I find? And that was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you'll find this, 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 this. Because I, I knew what was out there. And our kids need a digital footprint that's positive. Mm-hmm. Middle school kids, the world's going to change. When they graduate high school, they sure. have to have a digital portfolio. They have to have an You're online right. resume. Mm-hmm. You know, I love pen and paper. You know, I love Who it. Who doesn't? You know, it's great. You know, I write my notes. I have sticky notes all over the place. But when you're hired, when you're going for a job, you have to have a digital footprint and a positive one. Yep. That's true. So let's talk about some of these projects a little more in depth. <laughs> okay. Let's start with the blog. A blog can be a full time job. I mean, just yeah, I don't write posting, as much as that. posting. You know, I, I I write not as I'm not as. Uh, it's an ebb and flow kind yeah, of. Thing, yeah, right? I, yeah. I I don't write as much as I should, and it's funny because having been an English teacher, an English major, I'm like, oh my gosh, um, I have a lot of thoughts, but I don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And the other projects that you're going to discuss are really taking over. So the blog is kind of the. You know the backseat child right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like I said, with Twitter and Facebook, I can quickly connect with people. So that's kind of like my you know the blog. I would love for it to grow more, but right now I have to 
put energy into leads and slime and you know. Well, let's give the let's give the um, the blog a plug anyway because okay. you know I, it's all about the legacy too. You know it, about the stuff that's there. So it's www.bunheadwithducttape.com <laughs> and it's exactly how it sounds. Yeah. And if you can't figure that out, just Google it and it'll probably come <laughs> right. right up. Um, so it started as a blog and then blossomed from there, right? And then turned into all these other projects. Right, right. Um, well, Lee, well let, let's take, let's go back. How about, let's talk about slime. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because that's going to lead into you know, the, the next question that I had. You know, let's talk about Long Island Leads. Let's talk about you know, how it promotes steam learning and then how it turned into you know, a nation of makers. and all. Tell me the whole story. The story. Take like four questions off my list. Okay. I can do that. Um, slime. So, again, I went to my principal and I said, I'd like to have a maker expo. I've been to maker fairs. I wanted to do that. She she was very good of telling me, you know, parameters. Like, you know, we could use, you know, the cafeteria. We could do this. with But she didn't really know. And it's really hard to explain to someone what it is. Right. So I kind of say, take a science fair and a craft show and put it together kind of thing. And she saw what I was doing in the makerspace. So I think she had an, a kind of an idea, but she had trust. Mm-hmm. She had trust in me that I was, if my name was on it and her name was on it and the school's name was on it, that I was not going to let people down. Right. So that trust I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, because when your name is on something, that's your reputation. Yeah, sure. You know, and, you know, it, you work hard when it's, when you have things like that, reputation on the line, that's that's really something important. Sure. So it was around December, and I said, okay, um, how about May? <laughs> <laughs> how about May? I said, okay. <laughs> we filled out the paperwork, um, secured the uh, the cafeterias, and then I asked uh, my reading teacher friend, Marianne, who I'm very like scattered and like I get all these ideas and Marianne's like, okay, now you have to contain this. You have to have a <laughs> schedule. You have to do this. And so, and then and she said to me, this is your baby. You're going to do it, but I'll mentor you. I'll offer you advice. So mm. I would run. I would get all these ideas and then would come to her during lunch and she'd be like, well, tone it down. <laughs> so she was a really good mentor. Um, but... Uh, I really didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no money, <laughs> and she had done. She had done like uh, camps when she, you know when she was, um, you know when she she not, right now she's a reading teacher. She was a reading teacher before, but when she like years ago she did camps and things like that. And so she's like, well, you could do this thing called Grasshead Fred, and you get like sawdust from the technology department and stick it in an old stocking and put some grass seed and put it in a tuna fish can and it grows like chia pits. Okay, <laughs> so she would give me all our cat food cans, and I bought stockings at Dollar Store and mm-hmm. got the sawdust from the. Te- I mean, thank God for dollar stores, right? Oh my gosh! I'm like, so I did it two weeks before the. Um, I just took my headphones. Two weeks before <laughs> slime, I got a grant. It mm-hmm. was from Farmers Insurance, and it was based on votes, and I had people vote. And I won some money, and I was able to buy the paint and the glue and like a, a digital camera we could take pictures. I mean, I had money finally. Yeah. Um, I had some local sponsors, but nothing really big. Um, and we had about four hundred to four hundred and fifty people 
come, come. Wow. Advertise on Eventbrite, and we had people come. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So we did it again last year. Uh, last year, I was able to raise some more money, and we had about 650 people register. It's hard to tell how many came, mm-hmm. but um, 650 people registered. And I had people registered in June for the next slime, which is a year. Wow. And I could say, so when slime? I mean, they, <laughs> they were already great. asking. So with 650 people, I mean, that had grown. Mm-hmm. That had really grown. So I, the school, you know, I was very happy. You know, the school took care of the security and the custodial staff. I mean, again, my principal really was behind me. But it has to grow. Right. And if it's Students of Long Island Maker Expo, and it's always in my school, it's like inviting people to dinner all the time and no one gets to host. Mm-hmm. It's nice to come visit, but you want to host. And it's not really um, neutral ground. Mm-hmm. So we are going to a larger venue this year. I can't disclose it yet because I'm waiting to sign the contract. Ooh, exciting. Exciting, but you'll get it on social media. Everyone's invited. Um, and I have to raise funds because I want it to be free. Mm-hmm. So that's on my shoulders right now. Wow, it's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility, but if I'm I'm true to that, I mean, right now, if I charged, I'd be finished with my fundraising. But I I want it to be free. Mm -hmm. Um, So far, can I name my sponsors? Sure. I have four sponsors. Um, Flipgrid, which is the app that you could do um, recording, and it's awesome. And I will give you that link. Yes. Flipgrid. Um, We also have EggCamp which I told you about, which is uh, basically unconferences where professional development is run by the teachers for the teachers that day, mm-hmm. um, which I think public libraries should get on Absolutely. the bandwagon. Sure. So that's two. Um, Mackin is a book supplier. They're mm-hmm. wonderful. I'm on their advisory board. They're wonderful people. They're a sponsor. And Capstone. I don't know if you've heard of Capstone, heard of Capstone. but um, they're more um, elementary school books, and they are a book publisher. So I have a book distributor, a book publisher, um, a web app, and an educational company. That's that's, that's a wide ranging group of people, yeah. a group of organizations. But they're all related, sure, to education and promoting collaboration and community with kids. So that's great. I'm looking for more funding. Then that is why I created Long Island Leads. I needed to have an umbrella. And I was going to make Slime the nonprofit, but that didn't make any sense. Slime is an event. It's just an event, yeah. It's so an you, event. you need to have a parent not-for-profit company that then facilitates Slime happening. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm the president. I roped my husband into being the secretary slash vice president. The, the that's why we're here. Treasurer slash vice president. And then I have a former student who is into robotics, and she's the secretary. I did the paperwork. I, you know, I, I found that in my Facebook group, how to do it. I didn't hire a lawyer. I kind of just tried it on my own, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you got the 501c3 status yeah, and everything. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> we did it, you know, and because I, I really don't have a lot of money to spend on those things. Sure. So when you don't have a lot, like I said, when, I, when Slime started out, I didn't have much. You get very creative, Absolutely. 
And I think... Hence the duct tape. Hence the duct tape, right? You're going to fix it. And I think having a lot of money and a lot of resources is not good all the time. Makes you spoiled. Spoiled and you're not really... You don't innovate. Yeah. You don't, you don't um, innovate or, or improvise. Exactly. And so like, I'm like, okay, how am I going to work out this problem? And so that's my problem right now is looking for funding. Mm-hmm. I'm any sponsors out there could use your help um but now when you know now that i like when i send the contract and i can disclose where it's going to be i think i'm going to have sponsors saying oh i want to be a part of that because the venue is bigger than the venue is uh bigger and the venue venue is well known okay that's Belmont great. is well known on Long Island. So you'll so. have you'll have name recognition that way exactly you have arrived as it were exactly and any sponsor who's coming will have arrived too. Um, and part of Slime is promoting the STEM and STEAM education, but I'm going to pl- plug libraries again. I'm going to have a panel of librarians at, you know, to speak at Slime talking about the importance of school libraries, public libraries for STEM education. Sure. Because that's always been an underlying motive of mine is to have, always have librarians at the table. Sure. So slime, and then that's another thing. Slime invites everyone, and that's why I want it to be free. I don't want any kid to be turned away because of economics. Right. And so people will like say, "Well, who's invited to slime? Parents, teachers, students, nonprofits, libraries, museums, companies. It's the only conference where everyone's at the table." Smart. Because it's not limited to one particular genre or subtype of educational genre. Right. Did I say genre twice? Uh, oh, we yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, wait, wait. This is Bob. He said it twice. <laughs> the Phantom Bob. <laughs> Bob. Bob Batman. Bob Batman. I love it. So that that's basically, in essence, what it is. It's, I want to kid, I want to connect everyone on Long Island we are more alike than we think. So tell me how this has blown up to be affiliated with Nation of Makers. And explain what Nation of Makers is, too, for people who don't know. Um, Nation of Makers is a group of people who were invited to the White House in June of last year uh, and representing different states. Um, I will say that it was because of a dear friend, Adam Bellow, that I got to the table. He invited um, some of his uh, technology friends, and he invited me. We had worked together before. But at that table was also um, Dan, who's from uh, Rochester, who did the Rock- Rochester Maker Fair. And he knew slime. He knew slime. I was That's like, oh, my great. gosh, you know slime? Oh, my gosh. So I was at the table with people who had organized Maker Fairs. Kevin Jarrett, who's in New Jersey, who does phenomenal things. Chrissy Venestale, another lead teacher. I would not have been at the table if I didn't have the connection with Adam. Adam invited me to the table. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need to do for everyone. If you see a seat next to you and I see an empty table here, you, everyone, I think we need to invite someone to the table. And that's how I got there. Like a potluck thing, except yeah. you're bringing people instead of food. Exactly. And... So he could, and I had never met Chrissy before. I'd never met Kevin before. And I learned so much from them that now I follow them on Twitter and Facebook. 
it, it's so important. So that Nation of Makers, we were um, inspired to go out and connect. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I took it upon myself to take care of Long Island. I can't do all of New York, but I'm trying to do Long Island. And you get buy-in from Nassau County, too? Um, I've gotten yeah, some, some from Nassau County. Um, if you look on our webpage, we have about 100 members. Okay, what's the website? Longislandleads.org. That's pretty easy to remember. Longislandleads.org. And again, give me all the links so we can put it on the website yep. for people. And LEADS stands for Learn, Educate, Advocate, Develop, and Support. Perfect. Um, we meet once a month. Um, we call maker meetups, and we go to different libraries, and we share information. We've we've gone to South Hyneton Library. We've gone to Bayshore. We just went to Half Hollow Hills Library, and I'm hoping we can come here to Absolutely. see this fabulous library. Sure. And um, I was very excited because our last one was with Ellen Druda at Half Hollow Hills. She was our first podcast She's guest. She's awesome. I She's love Ellen. So great. And they're 3D printing hands. Yes, through Enable. So great. And that was, a, that was our best turnout. There was a mother and a son who just found Long Island Leeds. They weren't educated. The young boys, like middle school. They lived in Deer Park. I'm like, oh, how'd you know about They found on, I keep pushing things on, a, on Eventbrite and, and Facebook and Twitter. They just showed up. I was wow. like, oh my gosh, we have someone who's a non-educator here, and that's what I wanted. So it's really, really great. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that And, you know, those are the people we're trying to reach. Those are the people who we're doing this for. So why shouldn't they be involved? Right. Parents need to know what's out there for their kids. Yeah, exactly. Because being a parent myself, I don't know half of the... I mean, I know what happens in library land, but uh, outside of that, I mean... It's it's kind of hard to find, unless you know you're scouring social media. You're, you know, you, I don't even know where you would look other than mm-hmm. social media at this point because everything seems to be that seems to be the clearinghouse for everything now. It used to be the penny saver mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. hour place, you know, yep. magazines, and now it's it's social media because as much as it's a national and it's national thing, it's a local thing too. Mm-hmm. So and hopefully you stay away from the mean stuff. But well, uh, social media is how I've done everything. So that and that's how we had such high numbers, and now I'll be able to go to you know media media you know sure. as well. So I think I've we've kind of arrived, like you said. You know, yeah. before we were you know we we were good. We had some good numbers, but now I think you know people could take us more seriously who are not educators. Right? Are, are there chapters now of Long Island Leeds? Have you gotten to that point where there's? Oh like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, be a Suffolk County chapter, a Nassau County cha- chapter, an Essex County Whoa. chapter. Or... Uh, no, but actually, on Facebook, that we have the Nation of Maker group, and they are creating Facebook groups for different states to mm-hmm. connect makers. Mm-hmm. I just felt that Long Island needed its own, so I'm part of the the, the New York State, but I felt like. We are we are so our population is so high, and we have so many educators. I, it was a lot of work. I feel like to do all of New York. So I said, "Oh, you know what? I'll take care of Long Island." So it's not really that they're different chapters, but have you considered going to the Nyla conference and uh, the Nyla School Library one or the Nyla Nyla conference? The the. It's the, the New York Library Association right. conference they're doing. I think you're going to be in uh, Saratoga this year. Oh, and okay. doing a presentation. I mean, I think the deadline's passed for it, but 
I mean, that you would reach, you would have a far reach with New York State that way. I'm actually going to the Nyla Sizzle Conference, which is the, the school librarian version of Nyla, and that's at the beginning of May. Mm-hmm. Um, years ago, I had gone to the Nyla. The Nyla Conference. Yeah, the Nyla Conference. What about yeah. Long Island Library Conference? Have you considered that one? Um, it's the same weekend oh. as that Nyla Sizzle. And I went to that years ago, and that was fabulous, too. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, no, no. I, it's, it's the same weekend as the Nyla Sizzle, Nyla Sizzle Conference, so I can't if go. If you can get to those conferences, you will, you will hit a lot of pub, public libraries in both Nassau and Suffolk. I need to, like, again, I need to get to the door. Right. And but I'm hoping with connecting with you and connecting with Ellen, <laughs> um, I have two public libraries now that I feel like we can have a good partnership. Sure. And um, like you know, like social media is good, but also word of mouth. It's word of mouth, yeah. And, and and I don't know how it is on the school side, but on the public library side, library land is a very small place. This mm-hmm. one knows this one, who oh, knows yes. this one, who knows oh, that yes. one. You know, you play the name game and next thing you know you have 20 people in common that you had no idea you exactly knew. oh this yeah it's true knew that one and this one and, you know and that's i think how as much as social media is very important mm-hmm. i think now if i go and i tell one of my friends at smithtown and then they tell one of their friends at huntington and they tell mm-hmm. one of their friends at longwood and they tell one of their friends at riverhead and in south country and in pat med and and it spreads and you know i i sprinkle it with my my nasa friends yes uh levittown and merrick you're my friends <laughs> um Hello to Ellen and to uh, Marianne. Um, and they, you know, they have a network in Nassau County. And again, these, these imaginary boundaries that separate mm-hmm. us really are silly. Mm-hmm. And we see those boundaries dissolve in, in public library, Long Island Library Conference, where we see the Nassau County people, the Suffolk County people. And I think those, like I say, library land is a very small place. Uh, once you can break those barriers down mm-hmm. and start to collaborate both counties, and maybe even we talked to those people in Queens and Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> They're part of Long Island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the the bigger you make your pool, the more heads you have in the game, and then the more ideas come out. I mean, I mean my vision for Leeds is to have all of us together, mm-hmm. but to have like subcommittees underneath it. So here's sure. the library, here's the, the the educator group, here's the you know. But we all come together. In one Long Island leads, but then again, mm-hmm. we can subgroup out to you know I'm interested in this, special interest groups, not yep. by region but by interest, right? Or like or like subdivisions, like mm-hmm. you know you have Long Island leads and you have a robotics division and right. you have an Arduino Ooh. and Raspberry Pi division. I love that. And you have a 3D printing division and a scanning division and uh, a VR division. Oh, I like that. So now you can have people who can specialize instead of throwing it against the wall and see if it sticks, mm-hmm. have a different wall for each topic. I love that. That that sounds great. I need more people. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. We only started in November. Well, the, we had our first meeting in August, but we only became a nonprofit in November. And we have 100 members. I had to look at that and I'd say that's pretty good. We're not we're not done yet. <laughs> no, it's only the we're, beginning. It's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. You know, you but, want to hit that thousandth member. That would be the cool yeah. part. But you know, it's sometimes you know it's hard to have an email jump off the page to really explain what we're doing. Right. And you know, videos and pictures and everything. But this discussion right now, you hear it. 
and you understand it, and, and then you just, can explain it. And just the two of us in the room, but even before we started, when we were walking around, I was show, showing you around Sachem. Yes, drinking game, Sachem, clink, clink. <laughs> and um, I was drooling at this place. It's oh, so yeah. Awesome. But, you know, it's uh, just the ideas that you were getting. And, you know, the phone comes out and you're taking pictures because we all do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then talking about, well, how do you handle this? And then we talked about the way you would do something versus the way we do things here. And you get ideas. And even if we don't copy that idea verbatim, we get the idea and the inspiration. Mm-hmm. And then we do it. And it, it isn't the pink one we have here. It's a blue one that's over there. But you know what? Or maybe pink and blue are the two colors I was looking for. <laughs> Instead of it being the green one, it's the orange one. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's again, it's like that example with the, the iPad class. You take it and you take from it and you make it yours and you do something wonderful with it because there's no copyright, there's mm-hmm. no trademark. We're just doing it because we all have the same goal. Right. Well, like I said to you, I think we have so much public li- school librarians have so much to learn from public librarians. This whole makerspace movement, is it new? No. It just has a name on it. Now it has a name. And all, like I said, we've been, they've been doing it here at Sachem for years down in the teen department. And children's programming has always been this. Yep. You look at Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, 4-H, Camp. It's always been like this. All of a sudden, oh, the, did you know this thing called Makerspaces? Yeah, it was just called something else before. It was called Arts and Crafts. <laughs> or it was called Robotics. It was called Lego Club. It was Or Fort something. Building. Or Yeah, it was. it was there before. It just didn't have this name to it and the name helps sure, to sell it gives, something it gives it a brand right it helps to sell it it helps so people could automatically understand what you're talking about but i think public li- like school librarians like i said learning from public librarians about all those great programs that you run like i saw downstairs you know what do you like about your library with the heart i'm like i'm taking that yep i love that idea sure which I'll, I'll, I'll tweet that out later on so you can see it. <laughs> and, and quite honestly, I think public librarians could learn a lot from the school media librarians because we live in our own biosphere, as it were. Mm. And to see what's happening in the schools can help the, the teen librarians, children's librarians, and for that matter, even the adult librarians see what's going on. And not necessarily just for curriculum, but to see what the mindset is mm. because mm-hmm. – I think the school media librarians have a great insight into the mind of kids nowadays. Not that the teen librarians and children's librarians here don't. They do too. But it's a different perspective. It's like standing in in a a museum and looking at a statue and standing in front of it versus going 90 degrees and staring at it from another angle. Mm. You're seeing the same piece of artwork but from a different angle. And a lot of things that are happening in education right now, I mean, education has gone through some – you know, hard times mm-hmm. there, you know, and there's funding and there's politics and things like that. But there's also coming from that a real resurgence, a real growth. And if you look on Twitter, follow some school librarians or and educators, there's a whole thing about growth mindset and tinkering and thinking and critical thinking and application and collaboration, all these really great, wonderful um messages empowering our kids to have their own voices and things like that sure i'm very excited about education now i'm very excited and it's not all the technology that excites me it's it's the fact that everyone is excited also sure and that i kind of like that makes me think oh well i like what you're doing and i like this and you know 
it, it just the, the sharing. You know, it's not, I'm, I'm not sitting at my desk as an English teacher years ago by by myself. Right. Hey, so, going down the hallway asking a friend, so did you, are you up to this chapter yet? What are you doing? Right. Torturing kids with a wrinkle in time or something like that, yeah. Well, I taught The Giver, my favorite book ever. <laughs> my daughters love that book. <laughs> I love that book. So, uh, so anybody who would be interested in either Slime or Long Island Leads, how can they get in contact with you? Well, they can go on the website, longislandleads.org, and we have um, uh, an email address there. I just find it easier just to go to the website. Right. And there's a contact form. If you want to become a member of Long Island Leads, it's free. It's just a, a list of people, and then you could see who's on the same page as you. You might want to connect with another, with the company. You might want to connect with the teacher. You know who your friends are. Sure. Um, and Slime is also listed on the website, and that's slimeexpo.com. S-L-I-M-E. You got a .com for that one. I got a .com. Uh, yeah, because that was about the first one. I did a .com, and then .org, and it's like, well, that's an organization. And there is a longhandleads.com. There is. Really? <laughs> There's a Long Island Leads. Like, it's a business organization with people getting leads. Oh, for business For, for businesses, yeah. yeah. So I had to go .org on that one. And yeah. it made sense to it. But Slime Maker Expo, I, I was like, it wasn't really a, an org. You know, I didn't have the nonprofit. Right. So it's a .com. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so... You know, it's funny since I started following you on Facebook and and on Twitter. You are like the queen of Twitter when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm like the court jester of Twitter. <laughs> For the so, people who I follow, I'm the court jester. <laughs> so your your Twitter handle is at L-I-E-B-E-R-R-I-A-N, which is, how do you say it? Librarian. Librarian. Because that's what all the kids say. So oh, might as well yeah. just... <laughs> It's the librarian. I don't know how you keep up. I mean, this, you, you share so much information. And I, I like most of it because I have to be able to go back and check it. <laughs> I, For who I follow, I would say I share. And I'm active about 30%, 40% of what I see out there. Right. So it's all relative. <laughs> but... And I like retweeting people. I like, oh, that's good. I'm going to share that. With, great ideas. Yeah, yeah I love sure. that idea. I'm like, okay, well, that's going to be a retweet. So, do you actually like stop and eat and like interact with your family and actually like? <laughs> you're so busy. <laughs> I am so busy. Um, I have a great husband. Um, I'm Lucy. He's Ricky. <laughs> yeah. If it weren't for him, I mean, we have three kids: seven, six, and four. Tyler's seven, Riley's six, and Lexi's four. They're very young. If it weren't for him, I couldn't do any of these things. To this day, I don't know why he lets me. <laughs> I, I don't. I think he I think he sees how happy I am and excited by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, if it weren't for him, none of this would have happened. And my kids are fed and they're dressed and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly because of him. Oh, um, wow. I, actually, I you know, I've... You, he, if he took a picture of me, I'm usually sitting on my purple chair, my favorite color, my purple chair in the living room on a Google Doc, and I have literally gone to school the next day, opened up the Google Doc, and it's gibberish because I've fallen asleep <laughs> with my hands on the letters. I'm like, what is this? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> yeah. So you do sleep. I do fall asleep. <laughs> fall asleep. You fall get three asleep. hours in the night, right? Yeah, I do fall asleep. I don't know. Seriously, there are people out there who are 
you say I'm like a guru. There are animals out there. There are really big names in library. Shannon Miller, Shannon Miller, Nikki Robertson, and Diana Rendina, Colin Greaves. I'm going to throw all these names. I feel like I'm at the Grammys. I'm like, all these people, <laughs> they're so great. Um, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. It's all yeah. perspective. Yeah. People think I do a lot. Mm, not compared to these people. Yeah. It, it is crazy yeah. how some people keep up with it. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> well, now that we've gone through all of this, and you're going to give me links to everything I so will. I can put them on I the will. website, um, I have to say, amazing, wonderful, all the different things you're doing, and how you're going above and beyond more than just doing your job. I mean, with Slime and Long Island Leads and all the things you're putting together, it's, it's absolutely incredible. It's absolutely amazing. Um, and you deserve more credit than you get because you're you're out there and you're doing it and you're collaborating and you're sharing and you're doing this at no w- – without probably making money doing it. You're just doing it because of the love of it. And that deserves – Total praise. Are you going to make me cry? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot to take on. It really is. I mean, I know just from working here and doing the podcast and being involved in the other things that I do, you know, I don't, it's a juggling act. And I always say, you know, each hand has a ball in it and there's four of the balls in the <laughs> air. And you have to figure out where you're going to throw this one in order to catch the next. So, I mean, and you went so far as 501c3 and doing the Slime Conference and Expo, and I, I don't know how you do it, but you deserve big kudos. It's amazing. Well, thank you. It really is great. I, I, I can't do it alone. And I don't do it alone. You can't do it alone. No. No. Okay. So now that we explored all of this, it's time to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to be asking Christina our top 10 library questions, or <laughs> oh, as no. we call it, the 032 list. Um, uh, and it's the Dewey number for top 10 lists. And again, thank you, oh. Melanie Cardone from the Longwood <laughs> Public Library for the name idea. It's a list of questions we ask all our guests. So we will be back in just a moment. I'm going to fail this list. You'll be fine. <laughs> And we are back speaking with school media, uh, school library. I can't, I always do this. <laughs> school library journal, school librarian of the year for 2015, and school media specialist Christina Holweiss from the Bayshore Middle School. Can I interrupt for one second? Sure. This was not on the questions, um, but I did want to mention um, some other people who helped with slime. Sure. 
Um, last year, um, my friend Angela, who's no longer at our school, was uh, was a help, and also Gina Seymour from Islip High School. She was my partner in slime last year. Mm-hmm. Um, she's onto other things, um, professional, you know, career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted to thank those two people because they did so much to help out with our slime last year, and so because of that, now I can bring slime to the next level. So I just want to thank those two people as well. Sure, absolutely. And uh, again, this is going to be a Bob moment. You played the wrong bumper music. <laughs> yes, the music that I played to go for, into break should have been the uh, the Alfred Hitchcock, but I messed up. That's why we switched <laughs> songs right in the middle of the break. So we are back, and now we're ready to do the top ten list. I'm really nervous about this. No, this is... It's not bad at all. So the questions were inspired by the website Literary Hub, which is a website that has very interesting library-related stories and interviews. You can oh, see their work by visiting www.lithub.com their, or their Twitter feed at, at LitHub or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thelithub. Please visit their site and social media. They curate stories and articles that are of interest to anyone in the library world. Thank you, Literary Hub. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, it's nothing bad. Yeah, Don't worry. no, I see them now. <laughs> okay, first question. What did you want to be when you were a child? It's actually pretty timely. I wanted to be the first female president of the United States. Oh, that's pretty funny. Not I, bad. That's what I wanted to be. I knew nothing about politics. I'm not, I just wanted to be the first female. <laughs> that's what I wanted and when Geraldine Ferrara <laughs> came along when I was in high school I'm like oh my god no she beat me no but yeah that's what I wanted to be the first female president that's funny because, I always find it funny what, what people you know as kids wanted to be yeah because um, when I was in elementary school we had to do like a little you know like you know famous people in history and I had Hawaii as my state yeah Queen Ilulio <laughs> Kulani do you know anything about her neither do I so my teacher, wonderful teacher, she said, be Susan B. Anthony. And that's where it started. And that's where it started. I'm like, I, was in, I went to Rochester, saw Susan B. Anthony's house like two years ago. Wow. Amazing. And uh, yeah, first president, first female president is what I wanted. Okay, next question. What is your first memory of a library? Who brought you to the library for the, and who brought you to the library for the first time? That, gosh, I don't remember. I really don't remember that. I do know that, like I said, our library was across the street from our middle school. Um, but my first, you know, I loved having the bookmobile. You know, it would come to my grandparents' house. And I remember my grandfather had a garden and he would pick tomatoes and he would, you know, and flowers. And he would give them to me and I would give them to the librarian at the bookmobile. Oh, wow. And bookmobile. That's, I loved that's the old school. I loved it. Well, now we call it a steam van or a STEM van. van. That's all it is, but bookmobile. But my grandparents came here. They had very little education. Neither of them went to college. Mm -hmm. They they came from Ukraine. They were, you know, hardworking people. Education was very important to them. He respected that librarian. That's great. Okay, next question. When did you decide to work in a library? And if not, what was your first career path? Because many librarians and staff chose the profession, this profession as their second career. It's like the Island of Misfit Toys. Almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, I was an English teacher, and I wanted to grow. And the library was I could, I could grow. I could do professional development. I could help all ty- 
teachers and students with technology and reading and everything I wanted to do without going into administration. Right. And library has everything. So that's that was my first job. I mean, I did other things. I mean, I worked at Shoe Town and Bear Shoe Out and <laughs> other retail stores and actually did data entry at Pilgrim State Psychiatric Center. Wow. I did data entry. I did, no, I, I did data entry. <laughs> I worked in one of the offices. That's pretty funny. But um, I, my, my English teacher in middle school, Mr. Jim Bell, um, my favorite English teacher of all time, I became an English teacher, a student taught with him. Mm-hmm. And that was my, you know, my first passion. But then I got a little more practical, like I said, saw the writing on the wall with the testing. Mm-hmm. And then went to library. Very cool. Who is your favorite fictional librarian? And this is one of our favorite questions. Oh, my gosh. Fictional librarian. I like the Mummy movie. <laughs> We've had that answer before. I like her. She's Because, I like I said, I want to be Indiana Jones. Yeah. I want to go do, you know, archaeology. I actually went to Pompeii you know years ago and i was disappointed that everything was excavated already i thought i would see archaeologists you know no they finished um, it they finished it i'm like what is this about but um i would say her i forgot her name but that's cool though. but she, like i said she's like a female indiana jones mm-hmm. what would you be doing if you were not working in a library hmm i really like helping others and I think professional development, going to different schools, or driving my own STEM van. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I see this as being a librarian at heart, but but like I said, maybe doing something like with professional development. There's nothing really different that I want to do. It's all just growing and making slime bigger and leads bigger. And that's all it is. It's just making it better and bigger. What's your favorite section of the library? You know, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Sure. When I was a kid, one of my dreams was to take out every book in the library. Every book. I wanted my name on every card. <laughs> you know when you wrote the card, your name on the card? Yeah, sure. I wanted to have my name in every card. That's funny. It's just weird stuff. But I used to take out, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Edgar Allan Poe obsessed and i would take out all the horror movie books mm-hmm. so i would take out like uh, lone cheney and wolfman and all these things i would take yeah. out all those books and i love like special effects i love myth Mythbusters. i guess i like things slime i think i like makerspace yeah. things i'm not a very good scientist i don't understand all the technical parts of it but i love learning about how things work and I guess it's like the pseudoscience stuff I like. Yeah. Not the hardcore science. The the fun science stuff is well, my favorite yeah, part. Exactly. Yeah. It's the experiment. It's not the studying yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's yeah, actually think, the doing part. Exactly. I think right. that's my favorite part. The gadget part. <laughs> the life part. <laughs> okay. So if you had infinite space and budget, what would you add to your library? I would love our library is on the second floor. I would love for it to be an outside space. I would love to. We have beautiful courtyards in our school. If it were on the first floor, we can go outside and we could do you know outside experiments. Kids could read outside. Mm-hmm. 
that's nothing that's going to happen with our architecture and structure. I have, I have what I need. I'm happy with what I have, but I would love to have high ceilings and like more space, more open space. I'd like to have, you understand what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Sure. It's nothing that would really change. I would just like more. I want the library, like your children's services. Downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love about your library? My kids. When they come in and they're like, hey, what's up? Or what are we doing today? Or Because it's just a room. Right. When they're not there, it's just a room. And when they're there, when I see them learning, when I see, like we've, we've done Google Expeditions for a few days. When I see, when I hand over the iPad to a kid and then they take the kids on a field trip, or I see someone else teach someone else virtual reality or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I like. That's cool. What's the weirdest thing that, that ever happened at your library? Not necessarily the worst thing, but the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing? See, in public libraries, everybody has stories. Oh, my God. ALA Think Tank Facebook group, there's some weird stuff that you find in your (laughs) stacks. I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, I don't think anything really weird has ever happened. It's a boring answer, but it's a school. Nothing really, you know, things are annoying, but nothing really weird has happened. Okay, so this next question is like geared more towards a public librarian, but we can modify it a little bit. So the, the question, as it's written, is who is your favorite regular patron? So who is your favorite, favorite regular student? I have one student, Vishal, who comes to visit me from the high school. Mm-hmm. And he, I met him when he started in sixth grade. And so, it's six year, so I had only been there for two years. And at that time, I had a computer club. And he and his friend Jeffrey were in mm-hmm. the computer club. And Vishal still visits me. He's graduating this year. Mm-hmm. And he visits me like every couple, like every two weeks um, and helps me out. Um, he's also helping me out with slime. Oh, that's great. So last, last year he came, he volunteered the year before that. Um, so when I actually have like it all settled out, like the contract and what's going on, he will he'll, he'll help me out. He actually got the honor society involved last year with volunteering. So seeing him come back all the time, I guess you know I have kids at school now that I like to see, but mm-hmm. he still comes back. Kind of and special. not everyone comes back to see librarians, you know. Yeah, it's not. Oh, I'm sorry, that's my phone. That's okay. Not everyone comes back to see librarians. He does. That's cool. He does. So that, he's my favorite. And the last question. And again, geared a little more towards public libraries, but what are people without library cards missing out on? The world. Everything. Everything can happen at your library. You have access to electronic resources. You have access to books, movies. I see and you, you have a makerspace. You have access to 3D printing. You have access to the world. And Don't forget about free. my Commodore 64. Oh, I love the Commodore 64. <laughs> and the virtual reality. I mean... It's free. Yeah. All you have to do is walk in. Yep. It's just amazing. I'm like, how can this be? It's one of those most democratizing institutions that there is for everyone. 
is your local library. And even if it's not your local library, you can still step into another library. Even if you don't have a card for that library, you can go and sit down. We don't check cards at the door. Exactly. It's not like, you know, you're not carded. You know, it's well, not like. It's like when we were walking around earlier, I ran into that patron who I knew from, from Longwood when I worked there. And she came in tonight to check out the VR. It's okay. Right. What's the, what's the problem? Exactly. So when you ask, what are you missing without a library card? It's more like, what are you missing without coming to your library? It's true. It what are you true. missing? You're missing everything here. Yeah. It really is a magical place. Mm-hmm. When, when we, and I did one of the podcasts when I was up in Canton, um, Krista Briggs, who is one of my favorite guests, she's the teen coordinator at the Canton Free Library way up in Canton. She said, librarians are wizards. <laughs> and that, that line just stuck with me because, no, I'm not a wizard. No, but it, it, it was more in the context of we can do these, some pretty amazing things. And a lot of times with not a lot of budget. Mm-hmm. And we can still do some pretty cool stuff. So I kind of agree with that. I think so. And I, but we don't do it alone. It's always a collaborative. It's always using library land to your advantage and, and making those contacts. And what you're doing with Slime and Long Island Leads, that only enhances it further. I hope so. <laughs> That's my goal. <laughs> yes, exactly. So thank you for answering our questions and being such a thank great sport. You. And uh, it really was great having you on. I mean, your reputation precedes yourself, and I was so happy that you were willing to come on and, and I was flattered that you said would you like to come on I was oh, like wow I've made it now <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about I don't know about making it by being on our podcast yeah that that's pretty cool to be but, asked to be on a podcast I, that, I say that's making it <laughs> okay well, I'll take that thanks <laughs> um, so I want you to uh, I want everybody who's listening to check out everything Christina Hulsweiss uh, with her blog even though you say you're not really doing too much with it now. I will when Slime is over. <laughs> right. And, all, and we'll have links to Slime and Long Island Leads and all of the, the, all the stuff you're involved with, your social media. We'll put it all out there and send me some pictures and we'll put some pictures up there too. Um, and, you know, we will put it all up on our website, www.thelibrarypros.com. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. And thank you for doing this. This podcast. This is a really awesome idea. It's a labor of love. I love doing it. And so does Bob. If Bob was here, (laughs) he's too busy being Batman. (laughs) Have you ever seen There's the guy on... I see him on Facebook, but he has a website. He's Bat Dad. No, I haven't seen that. He has a costume uh, Batman Uh uh, mask on, and he just tortures his wife and kids. (laughs) Gail, (laughs) close the fridge. There's a, I think, a YouTube video where Batman's driving an Uber car. Did you see that? <laughs> Batman rolls up. You call and you, you get an Uber. Yeah. Batman rolls up. Oh, that's great. <laughs> There's a guy who just does this. It, when you go home, Google Bat Dad. Okay, Bat Dad. Sometimes so, some of them are just goofy, but other times it's just so funny. <laughs> it makes me laugh every single time. Okay, so that being said, we have to wrap up. So this is where I forget to hit the music so i'm actually going to hit the music but i'm going to do it in a way where you don't even notice when i hit the music see how that happened okay so that's all the time we have for this edition and if you have any questions or comments on the show wait give me one second it's a little loud (laughs) 
It's a party here in the library. It's a party, yeah. <laughs> so if you have any questions or comments on our show, please go to the contact us section on the website at www.thelibrarypros.com. We will also have notes and links from all of our episodes there as well, and we have them broken down by episode. Uh, if you have... If you can, also check us out on Twitter at, at the Library Pros and on Facebook at facebook.com slash thelibrarypros. And so you don't miss a single thing, don't forget to subscribe to our RSS, iTunes, Android, email, Google Play, and any podcaster that's out there. And remember, the opinion, the opinion, the opinions, the, the, the pigeon rides are fun. <laughs> the opinions stated by the Library Pros and their guests are solely those of Chris and Bob. If Bob was here. <laughs> and our guests always. Uh, and are not those of the Sachin Public Library, the Emma S. Clark Memorial Library, which is where Bob works, or the Bayshore Middle School or the Bayshore Brightwater School District, right. or anybody else. They can't take credit. <laughs> so thanks for coming, and we will see you soon. You've been listening to the Library Pros Podcast. The Library Pros are brought to you by Pippa Production and by the Library Pros themselves, Mr. Christopher and Bob Johnson. Special thanks to Sachin Public Library for providing space for this podcast. Until the next turn of the page, I'm your announcer, Carlton Welch.